When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Advanced English Learners. Greg and MD here for another Advanced English Conversation. Today, we're talking about improving fluency because fluency means that you're communicating well, you're communicating in a way that is not, you know, restricted in any way, that you're able to express yourself the way that you'd like to express yourself. Yeah, I think of fluency like a river. How, how, mm. how smooth is the flow? And um, when you feel fluent, um, you can speak with more confidence uh, and more authority. So it's it's always nice to sort of increase your influency. Yeah, your I fluency. Lo- I love that. Yeah. It's, it, when I um, we speak multiple additional languages, and I think for both of us, like when we got to that point of fluency in our other languages, it's just such a nice feeling that you're able to converse with someone without you know having to pause every five minutes yeah. and say what does that word mean what was that right. didn't catch that and to convey your meaning that's for me the one of the most important uh, objectives when i'm learning a new language is when can i get to the point where i can express what i mean without you know feeling constricted without there being a barrier to to um to understanding what i'm trying to say absolutely so I think one of the we can talk about some of the things that have worked for us. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, we put out a video this week, a lesson about uh, tips for improving fluency in English, and there are five, and then bonus at the end two, so mm. a total of seven. So definitely check that out because I think it will give a lot of um, good insights into what you could be doing right now today um, to just keep getting more and more. Uh, fluent and having that like mastery of it, having that good grasp on the language. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things that worked for me, I remember when I was learning French and, um, you know, I really immersed myself in the culture and in the language. Mm. And you might say, well, that's easy to do when you're abroad. And it's true. It's way easier to do that when you're in a, in a, a culture and in a con- in a country where they speak that language um, as a primary language. So, for, in France, doing that, it was definitely way easier in the in the aspect that you know when you'd walk down the street, the signs would be in French. When you would ask somebody for directions, they would speak French to you. When you know you're completely immersed um, with in that in yeah. that culture, but it makes it a little bit different when you're. It's still possible, but to then immerse yourself. When you're not in, so when you're, okay, so in my example, when I was back in the U.S. and I was still keeping up with the French, Mm -hmm. that was harder, but it was still possible. Yeah, for me, um, what really took my language learning to to the next level, uh, my fluency, was conducting business in that language. Oh, so good. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Before, you know, often when you learn a language, it's it's casual, um, and you're learning a lot of the colloquial language and you're speaking it with friends uh, that you might make in those countries. Um, but when when you're in a business context, 
the stakes are a little higher, yeah. right? The importance of being understood uh, is greater. And so when you have that kind of accountability, uh, I, I, I find personally it, it really motivates me to um, get better at expressing myself yeah. in that language. And so for me, um, starting a job where I had to use that language uh, only yeah. or primarily uh, made a huge difference. Suddenly, you know, I had this goal, uh, you know, this, this point that I had to convey and I had to, you know, make sure that I did all my research to, to get that across. Um, so on the earlier, this is sort of in the earlier stage of fluency when you're still trying to get that full mastery of the yeah. language. Yeah. Um, I find putting yourself into a professional context where you mm. need it uh, more so than a social context is powerful for, for learning the language. I love that. It just enhances that intrinsic motivation because, you know, that inner motivation as opposed to an outside sort of like influence. So for the intrinsic motivation to really kick into high gear, you're thinking, well, I want to do well in my job. I want to excel professionally. So, you know, taking on this role, this high stakes role where I really need to be using this language well can, can make all the difference. Yeah. Um, kind of going back to the casual setting, I think, you know, you can really um, leverage the power of your social circle of the people that speak the language that you are working on. So for English, right, in this case. Um, and so let's say you, you do work in a English-speaking country mm -hmm. um, as an expat, meaning as someone who comes from another country and is now in the new country of, of where they work. Um, and, you know, going out to these social settings and saying, look, you know, please uh, let me know if this is the wrong word to use or what word can I say here? Like choose a couple of people or one person that might uh, be sort of uh, helpful in pointing out mm. your mistakes or your mispronunciation or the incorrect use of a collocation or an expression, because what that ends up doing is we recognize the mistakes we make as mm -hmm. opposed to constantly be making that mistake without everyone being uh, yeah. able to tell us because they're too afraid and they're too polite. So That happens to, so often, yeah. yeah. I find, I, I mean, when I was using Mandarin um, all the time, I had this, uh, I would have these funny little quirks in the way I used it. And I finally ran into someone, um, <laughs> a colleague, when I was teaching who was like, you know what, you need to stop doing this and you need to stop doing that. And before then, no one had ever corrected me on that because they were too polite. But this this girl was, you know, she she did not care. She yeah. was happy to tell me this doesn't sound natural. What you're saying isn't necessarily grammatically wrong, right. but it doesn't sound natural. Yeah. And it's yeah. those little nuances, the oh. things that just sound yes. a little funky that, that separate you from sounding, you know, not fluent to sounding fluent. Exactly. At, at this level, it's it's honestly about making those small tweaks. Yeah. Right. It's it's amazing. And you've come this far. Right. Why not just add that little icing on the cake and, and really go out and practice. Take that job, you know, motivate yourself by, you know, figuring out a way of, of getting better at your job through that language even and immersing yourself. And so just to revisit that first point, like immersing yourself in um, in in the language and in the culture now in a different setting where mm -hmm. that language is not the dominant language is still possible. And the way I did it to carry on the French learning for me in the States 
was I just, you know, inundated myself. I flooded myself with French literature, French news, French media, so um, movies in particular. And at the time, I didn't, we didn't have like Amazon streaming uh, or Amazon Prime didn't even exist at that mm-hmm. time, yeah. nor did Netflix. Netflix was, it existed, but in the form of, do you remember the? Yeah, the discs that you get delivered. Yeah, so what, what you do is you'd order, I think through the web- website, and you would get a DVD from Amazon, uh, sorry, Netflix, you'd get a DVD, yeah. and then once you finish viewing it, you'd have to put it back in its red packaging yep. and put it in the post uh, box, in the mailbox, rather. And so they didn't have any French, you know, movies or films, not like they do today. So I'd order them from this uh, website called FNEC, La FNEC, in French, um, in France, and it would take a month to get to me. So I'd order, like, 20 DVDs, and oh, it would boy. take a month to get to me. Yeah, uh, My parents actually ordered them, but... But thank you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I'm a high school student, you know. But um, it's so interesting. Now we have so much more access yeah. to immersion. Totally, yeah. It's, I mean, Amazing. if you want to, you could spend your entire day listening to, consuming, um, and just being in that language environment, right? Which is a huge and very powerful um, opportunity to really master the way things are saying. And what's also important to realize is that there's fluency in different contexts. Contexts. I was always better with formal Mandarin. Mm, um, which and, is harder, I would say. Well, it's, 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 it's maybe more technical or okay. like a little more... Um, Polite. It's certainly more formal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's harder. Um, I think you might get more... Uh, um, What's the word? Respect for for getting okay. good at that side. Yeah, yeah. But I always felt awkward when I went into these um, colloquial such situations, right? Where it's right. just um, like meeting a few food. friends, ordering food, um, and talking about you know um, gossip. You know the the stuff that people chit chat about. Make that, small talk. Make about. small talk about. <laughs> that was always something I really struggled with. Whereas I had a friend who was very good at that, mm-hmm. um, and he sounded so natural, uh, and would use all these little. You know, pauses and and small little mechanics that you probably know the name of, and I certainly don't. That that just made him sound colloquially very fluent. Mm. So uh, it's important to understand what type of fluency you're working toward, and then once you determine which which type of fluent you want to be, that's what you start to flood yourself with, right? So if it's the colloquial stuff, maybe focus more so on like. Live, uh, what's the, not the word? Uh, reality TV shows. Yeah, and, there are a lot of like great YouTube channels in different like languages too. Like yeah. YouTube is a is a wonderful yeah. resource. Totally right for language learning. So I mean, just targeting basically right? the types of media that are the correct context oh, for yeah. for the type of fluency you're trying to achieve. I love that point. That is such a good point because, as you said, there's different types, right, where they're they're using different language registers. So think about the mismatch of having improved your fluency in a very professional context when you're just hanging out with friends. It's going to be like a little jarring, but not as jarring if you start using slang and reality television talk in like a boardroom, right, not having recognized like Greg said that there are different types of fluency. That is key, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really coming down to outlining your goals and what kind of, uh, like, the capacity in which you want and the context in which you want to use English, right? Yeah, I think the final thing I would add is that, um, and one of the reasons I really like this channel 
is um, there are aspects to fluency that don't have to do with vocabulary, that don't have to do with grammar and syntax, right? Mm -hmm. we, we were just talking about sort of context that matters. And it's also just understanding the way that culture thinks, the, the, the way that things are done there. Um, and that's something that we address, I think, very, yeah. very frequently on this channel. Um, and if you really want to get fluent uh, in, in a way that sounds native uh, to that language, uh, that's the best way to, to, to just really understand the culture that you're operating in and, and how they go about doing things. Exactly. Like, how do they treat humor? Is there mm -hmm. satire? Do people, yeah. are people sarcastic? Are they very direct? Right? There's so much to unpack. And, and, and you're on this journey with us. So we'll be sharing our, you know, our knowledge and our experience. Um, uh, we both have English teaching backgrounds. We both have, you know, worked in cross-cultural settings uh, we run a communications channel. So it's like all of this wonderful knowledge and the resources and, and you guys, the people in this wonderful community, right? Just we're all sharing the exchange of knowledge. It's so yep. powerful here. Absolutely. So uh, hopefully this gave you some, some inspiration in terms of ways that you can take your fluency to the next level. Uh, there's certainly other ways to do it. And of course, we'd love to hear from you in terms of what works for you and um, you know, other, other strategies for getting, getting your fluency uh, to the next level. Absolutely. So be sure to share that with us in the comments. So we'll catch you next time for another lesson and another conversation. And keep it right here on Advanced English. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, Bye, -bye. for now.